You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oh, welcome back to Star Trek Discovery, week four, episode five. Jamie, I am recording. Have you noticed that so far? It's recording. It's successfully recording. Episode four. All right. Episode five. Oh, week episode four, five. All right. They decided to split that first week, but. We are back for more Star Trek Discovery. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? Uh, <laughs> Jamie's just getting more and more jaded by Star Trek every single week. Uh, we're on to episode five, Choose Your Pain. My name is Colin, and my pain is Star Trek Discovery. I was literally just going to say the same thing. <laughs> this, I, I don't know. This will be a fun one because we finished this episode. We have not talked about this at all. I have no idea where you're coming from, You know whether you enjoyed this, hated it, whatever. Uh, just break it to me now. What did you think of episode five? Choose your pain. Um, again, it was pretty much the same type of review that I would have for the last episode. Um, I thought that they did some interesting things in here. They had two moments of the show that really stood out, you know, as doing something different. And one of them, you know, whatever, it's just something that every show does now. And the other part of it, I didn't really agree with. And I guess we'll kind of talk about that. Well, you're talking about two very subtle moments that really aren't big talking points well, other no, than the I'm fact not. that they're trying to make a point. You know, we're Star Trek. We're progressive. Um, no, okay. So uh, so I will say what I was talking about, basically. Okay? Yeah. And, and there is more to talk about with the episode. But they had two different parts of the show here. Um, uh, one of the parts was it was showing um, the love interest between... Uh, Stamets and the Doctor. Yeah. And I actually really like this Doctor guy. Um, he's okay. <laughs> uh, well, well, the the other guy, the uh, what do you say? Stamets. Yeah, him. He, he's actually really funny, and I'm interested to get to know him as a character. And I thought it was interesting that they uh, they showed both of them as a love interest. And so I guess we'll have to see what happens. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to get to know the characters of the show. So obviously that was one of the things that was different because let's, I I kind of had to uh, just asked you like you know is that something they had yeah for Star let's Trek and stop it wasn't and talk about that first because. Uh, and I want to get this out of the way because I feel like people are bl- blowing up, not even in a negative way. It was just a Star Trek is so progressive. And you said it right at the beginning. You said they did two things this week, one of which every show does and the other one you don't agree with. The one that everyone does is basically this. There is a gay couple on mm-hmm. Star Trek. Why they're... I don't know whether it's the fans or the show that's like, we're so progressive. We have a gay couple. <laughs> You pointed out every show does. Yeah, it's this true. This is not unusual at all. Yeah. And I actually have a complaint with this, and my complaint is not that it's a gay couple. It's the fact that we have to have a couple, period. Because when you're looking at Star Trek, and again, this is all about how they're messing with the chronology of the show. It's the same reason why I don't like you know the technology use on here and everything. There is no place for relationships, at least in early Star Trek. There was a very clear point that was made in Next Generation, which is that this is a family ship. This is the first time that people are allowed to have personal lives on the ship. You're allowed to have relationships. You're allowed to have your families there. You know, your children, things like that. Deep Space Nine, it was the same thing. That's so, like 67 so, so years it, in the future. It kind of like discredits that a little bit. Like, it, it like, does, oh, yeah, the, oh, like, oh, this was actually always the way it was, but it wasn't. Yeah, and, you know, the argument can be made, well, to Paul and uh, Tucker, you know, uh, they had a relationship. Well, no, they didn't. They had sex a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an experiment where they think it was a scientific experiment. You don't have to love someone part. to love them. Yeah, well, especially not if it's to Paul, but... The, <laughs> Oh, if you could only see the smile on his no, face. No, I was right saying now. that because oh, can you to hear it Paul, in his voice? as I said, it was a scientific experiment for her. But uh, anyways, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, the whole point is, is that you didn't have that on the original Star Trek. Yeah, and there's a reason for that because you know th- th- that's not what this show was always about. People are going to say, well, you know, maybe they would have had that back in the day. No, they wouldn't have, and especially yeah. because this is a show about war. I yeah. mean. That, the world's that, that's pretty... obviously the focus. Yeah, and right? it's a warship. You know what? There is no scenario where, in the middle of a war, they encourage people to have relationships who are serving together. Yeah. So that's my complaint: is the fact it's not even that the, oh, there's a gay couple in the show. It's the fact that it's like there's no way that they should be serving together. And, period. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's as I mentioned earlier in the show. It's it's a thing that you know lots of shows do, and it, that that wasn't. 
yeah. what I had an issue with. The other thing I had an issue with was the other My thing issue in the episode. Star Trek's so progressive. No, no, Except no. we're the last show on the planet to do it. No, I, I don't care about that. No, my other issue, or my only issue, was the other thing I was the talking F-bomb, about. Right? Which was where they had the F-bomb twice back to back. And I'm just watching this. And I'm like... It's a big news story this week. I'm like, really, you guys? I'm like, honestly. And it's not that anybody who uses the F-word is tasteless. That's not what I mean, but... Well, there's well, a place for it. Well, Certain I just, shows. I was just... I was watching it, and it just... It felt like so much to me, like I commented when we were watching the show, I felt like they just... It felt like they just said it to say it. Just, yeah, no, just, to, just to drop it in there. That's totally And it was completely point. out of character. That nerdy... Not out of character. Nerdy, I mean, we don't was, know her character. Her no, character's it, an idiot. But <laughs> it, okay, but you know what, though? It, it It's this, like, you know, quiet you know, really nerdy girl, and she doesn't seem like she would say something like that. I, I know I don't know much about her yet, and I'm not saying, oh, she, you know, she's a Let's bad... Let's hope it stays that way. She's a bad person because she said the F word. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it didn't really seem like something she would say. It didn't really... It, 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 was, it felt like no, it didn't fit it, it at all. It did feel tactile. It felt like, again, Star Trek's... We're very progressive. We'll include F-bombs in our show, except every other show does that now. You know, except if you're a network show. Now they're playing to... We're on a streaming platform. We don't have to... You know, uh, conform to the the network sensors and stuff like that, and and it just made me feel like it just it every like and again, I mean, I, I love Star Trek. It doesn't fit Star I love, Trek. I love Star Trek. I'm I'm a huge fan and things like that. But just like you know, I've said before, if you ask me random facts or whatever, I'm not going to be able to name yeah. it. It's just if you if you ever ask, you know, Jamie, do you want to watch Star Trek? I, my answer would always be yes. Yeah, I, I love the show. And so, like, the thing is, is watching this, I'm like, really, you guys? It just, it felt like it honestly it took, a, it took fit. away it, from Star Trek for the me. The argument will be made, yeah, the movies have had, you know, language over the years. But that's uh, a movie, though. It, that's it, not a TV show. And it's not, there's a difference because I felt like it stripped a lot of the class out of Star Trek. And yeah. that's kind of the way the Star Trek is. And also, you do need to fit everything out. And it's, what, like you said, it's the fact they use it two times back to back. Because yeah. everybody knows... You can get away, if this was a movie, you can get away with saying it once, you say it a second time, there's your R rating. It, it was almost like Flawney. It's like, we drop F-bombs in New Star Trek. This isn't Sons of Anarchy, okay? And it, and it was like... This isn't... It was like, oh, they're trying AMC. to be so cool. She's like, oh, that's so effing cool. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, she said that? And then Stamets that? was like, and no, you're right. Yeah. It is so effing cool. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, cal- yeah, calm down, it was, calm down. It didn't fit. But let's, uh, we've talked nine minutes on their, you know progressive going-ons on CBS All Access here. Let's get into the show. The show itself, how did you feel about this episode, now five in? I'm going to say the exact same thing, and I hope you're not getting sick of it, but like I said earlier, you can hear the excitement in my voice. I'm going to say the exact same thing that I said on the last podcast we did about this. I feel like what they did in this episode was really interesting. I like some of the things that they were talking about, some of the things they revealed, but again, they dumped on more questions on us where it's like what the heck is actually mm-hmm. going on like even at the end where like it shows you know after Stamets goes in that chamber or whatever now he's looking at himself in the mirror walks away and all of a sudden his reflection is still there and then it's delayed and <laughs> walks away no sense <laughs> I told you I don't care what way they try to explain this it makes no sense. It is still just a reflection. Well, they talk so how does a reflection have its own personality? They talk about the guy's movements. eyes again. Yeah, there's still more mentions of They the, talk about his eyes. Lorca's eyes. And it's like, okay, like, you already told us that he obviously had his eyes affected somehow in this battle that he's had before or whatever. And it doesn't go into any detail like, okay, like, so what's actually... Like, I know he's sensitive to light, mm-hmm. but, like, how did it happen? What's actually wrong with his eyes? Anything like that. It's like you guys keep alluding okay. to certain things and never answering questions. All right. You're, you're pointing out all the little complaints you have. What did you think of the episode? <laughs> I'm going to say it was the same thing as last time, where it was interesting, but also at the same time, frustrating. Okay. Funny enough, I'm kind of of the opposite opinion, but I agree with everything you say, because this story was way less interesting than what we had last week. It was way less interesting than what we had in the two-part premiere. It was way more interesting than we had in episode three, which I still say, worst episode in Star Trek history, because nothing happened. But it wasn't like, you know, Captain gets kidnapped by the Klingons rescue attempt they can't get their spore drive to work which is still like i feel dumb even saying spore drive like come up with something cooler than that it was just there was nothing new nothing fresh but what worked about this was a lot of the complaints i've had these minor complaints really do make a difference and the fact is for the first time in five episodes we have 
a, an episode that is not about Burnham. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind Burnham. Burnham's fine, but <laughs> it's no, time she, to get on with other she, characters. She's so fine. Yeah, but it is time to get on with other characters. I've been saying that for like the last two weeks at least. You see, I would say she's a fan number nine, but you probably rate her higher than a nine, wouldn't you? Yeah, although, I mean, the argument here is she number one on the show or what, number two. Would you rate her? What would you rate her out of ten for how hot she is? We're not going to objectify women on here, Jamie. Oh, I'm I'm a woman. I'm asking you to objectify her. Uh, let's move on to what my point was originally, oh, which is that... Oh, you don't want to answer how, which, what she is out of 10? She's she's at least 10 points higher than Tilly. Let's just say that. Moving on. Tilly's like zero, so yeah. she must be a like perfect 10. <laughs> well, she's a zero for you. I don't think there's anything wrong with her, but... Okay, anyways. But anyways. back to my original point. Mm-hmm. It's been enough Burnham. That, that it's dragging the show down to only have one character, and especially when the only way, as I've been saying, you can build up that character is to tear down the other characters. Right. This episode was different. This episode was, I'd say, 50% Lorca. It was about 30% um, Stamets and about 20% Saru. And it was probably 0% Burnham. I mean, Burnham was there, but it wasn't her episode. And And the thing she did was to forward uh, Saru's story and to forward Stamets' story. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think worked about this. And I'm not saying, well, you know... Burnham doesn't work, but like any Star Trek show, you have a bunch of characters, use them every week. And to have a Lorca story was nice because we got some background with Lorca on this episode. You know, we find out, which again, raises more questions as to why they gave him the most advanced ship in the Starfleet with the most advanced weapon in the Starfleet. You know, this spore drive, which again, sounds ridiculous to say, but he's a guy who basically, you know, abandoned his crew, we find out now, a month into this war. And how many months are we into the six months into the war, did they say? It was something like that. I'm not even sure. He's a failure of a captain, and they're like, let's give him everything. Well, and like, the but, thing is, is I, I just really want to see more of um, Saru and uh, that doctor character. What's so fascinating about the doctor? I don't he's know. Just, he, uh, he just, here's my problem. Okay. I, I'm, dr- I'm drawn to him. He seems like such a nice human being who cares about people, and I like it. No, it's the exact opposite. He has that same, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of here? Um... Not like a moodiness, but uh, snottiness. Something like a snottiness. No, I don't that think every like that character at all. on the show that, that Landry had before they killed her off. That Stamets has. Stamets has a way that it I works. I don't think so at all. He's very snotty. I still. think you're. I think you're no. delusional. And I'm not. I think he's, he's like the most caring. Sweet, the most caring, sweet human being on that ship. Were you watching the same show as I was watching? Yeah, he said that. He and I had to look it up, you guys. I know what it means now. <laughs> but he said the creature he believed was sentient, and I know <laughs> that's what he said. Se- or senti- <laughs> s- s- sentient? Yes. I just love the look on your face. Was like I'm about to use a big word now, and all the listeners are going to be impressed. The word he used was sentient. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does sentient even mean? It doesn't mean anything. You just made it up. Uh, does it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold, this hold, is my complaint. Sentient is not a word. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what? What does sentient mean? A view or of or attitude towards? That's a sentiment. <laughs> You're breathing into the microphone. <laughs> what? <laughs> breathing into the microphone. Good. Breathing in the, Breathing into the microphone. I'm trying to Google search. You gotta shut up. <laughs> What does sentiment mean? Oh, see, it keeps saying sentiment. Yeah, because sentiment is not a word. But anyways, let's talk about the sentient thing. Thank you. Okay, I got... I Best got, of moment. I, I got to actually, like, go back okay, and Okay, well, why don't you it. back up from the microphone first? Because you're screaming into the you're, listeners' ears. You're... Excuse me. Yeah, no definitions found. You're right yeah. there. <laughs> there's, there's no word that's sentient. Sent... Yeah, anyways, when he used sentient... Okay, this is what I I have biggest complaint about, okay? Sentient means what, Jamie? You looked it up. Um, Excuse me, sentient means able to perceive. Sentient or or sentient? Sentient. Sentient, yes. Sentient means able to perceive or feel things. Okay, they dropped this, this caring doctor. In other words, he can actually feel pain and he's not just like a tree. Okay, but this is what's so stupid about that. This caring doctor, as you said, is like, it is a sentient being as if everybody's supposed to be 
Is it really? Let's open up this Wh- debate. Wh- why are your pants all wet? I spilled water before we started. I told you. Aren't you wondering sh- why the carpet's wet too? I'm just noticing why your whole leg's wet. Did you pee yourself? <laughs> That's what happens when you said sentiment is I laughed so hard I peed myself. No. How come you're not wondering? You're spitting all over me. I actually I'm, saw a gob I, of spit fly. I, I'm making fun of you because you're lisping so bad. Okay. Anyways, let's not bring up my childhood lisp here. Back to what I was let's, saying. Let, let's get on subject now. Yeah, sentient. This is what's so stupid that you're like, oh, that's so. They use a smart word. They must be smart people. <laughs> sentient means it basically has the ability to feel. So why is this some bombshell? For one thing, the entire episode last week was about the fact you're hurting it. Can't you see it's in pain? That's a sentient being. Like this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. To have that doctor be like, it is sentient. We believe. Of course it is. It experienced pain last week. Like, why is this new? I don't understand. It's it's so dumb that they're trying to make this like some big revelation. This are the listeners that they're so dumb that they think that sentient means, <laughs> <laughs> or may, or maybe the show is just that bad that they want you to forget it episode to episode. Maybe I don't know. Um, okay, so it let's makes say, it makes some people pee themselves. But, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but back to Colin. My, do you need some depends? Back to my point here. <laughs> I feel like we got more out of Lorca this week. Even though the storyline was nothing original. I mean, the only thing that really was original about the episode was the Harry Mud character. Which, again, they're bringing back something from the classic series. They're tying in, hey, everybody, this takes place before the classic series. So let's hire Rain Wilson, who's a very well-known actor from The Office, as you recognize them. I, I thought he was Jack Black at first, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to I play, said, Is, isn't that Jack Black? To play... The younger version of a character 10 years younger when he clearly looks about 20 years older than the original actor. Now, I'm glad they got an actor that suits it, especially because, I mean, Rain Wilson's one of these actors where it's like, love him or hate him, he may work on The Office, but like, he's one of these actors who, who's just always on a 10 and you kind of want to see him on a 3 every once in a while. This was Rain Wilson on a 3. And he was actually a lot more of a subdued character than the original Harry Mudd. And Harry Mudd's just a con artist, you know? They gave him a little bit more complexity here. You know, the whole idea with that uh, we have Lorca imprisoned and there's two other prisoners with him, Harry Mudd and this other guy, Tyler, Lieutenant Tyler, who this was the character. I don't even know if you caught this. This was the character we mentioned last week when I looked through what the main cast is, the names that appear in the opening credits every episode and the fact that this actor who's supposed to be playing this character, Ash Tyler, had not appeared and we were four episodes in. He finally appears this week. Why is he part of the main cast and they waited five episodes, a third of the season now, to introduce him? I don't understand. I but don't, I don't understand the logic of anything with this show. We have a new character now. So let's talk about Ash Tyler. Is Did he have a better introduction than the other characters so far? I mean, none of the characters you, have great introductions. You'll have to jog my memory again. Is that... The other prisoner who helps him get away. Okay. The good one. The one who is loving on the Klingon. Yeah, exactly. The one who is hashtag me too, um, male (laughs) version of Klingon sexual harassment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I saw that. uh, There was a story on that this week. People look up. This has become a big deal. Star Trek adjusts sexual harassment for men too. I I saw that on Facebook today. Yeah, I had to look it up. Um, But uh, with, um, with that guy, I don't know. I mean... He's just being introduced. I'm not really sure how to feel about him. Um, I don't really know anything about the guy yet. He seems interesting, but we'll Does have he? to see. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like I, if I again, if I had to pick a character that I want to actually get to know more at this point, it would be Saru and then yeah. the Doctor. The Doctor. Why is the Doctor? Over I, I really here? like him. Okay, but we have we have Stamets there still. We got Lorca. Lorca's. I thought Lorca was great this week. I like the other characters too. Now, I don't I will, have anything wrong with I will them. say this. Why is Jason Isaacs doing an American accent? I don't know. I mean, do you think that maybe they've had so many of these distinguished British... Not even so many. I mean, you had Jean-Luc Picard. But you can combine in there Avery Brooks who played Cisco on Deep Space Nine. He was not British, but he had this very elegant way of speaking. Maybe they wanted somebody who was more... I don't know, uh, hillbilly-ish. <laughs> there's just, there's this weird Southern thing he does. And I, I wish that Jason Isaacs would be able to have his real voice. I just, I don't understand why they made him American. I don't know. But you are not allowed to have water next to your <laughs> tablet because you spilt. So you got to move that. 
This okay. was, this was a very expensive tablet for your school, so you're not allowed okay. to come there. <laughs> He's okay. totally going to mob mode now. Yeah, sorry. I... And can you lean back like you scream into the mic? Oh my gosh, I'm just trying to get comfortable. My back hurts. <laughs> I gotta take I gotta take my back pills. Every single week you're like calling, you're so old, calling your soul. You're the one saying, My back hurts. Well, excuse me. You're the one me. spitting while you talk. I don't spit. I don't <laughs> spit like Sylvester. Okay, let's continue. Um but no, like, the characters are good. I don't have anything to complain with Lorca or uh, anybody Tyler. else. Tyler. Yeah, or anybody else. But the thing is, is I want to get to know them too. But I'm just not really sure what direction to go with the show. It's it's not your typical Star Trek show. It seems like they're trying to be very different. Yeah, and... And it's, it seems like they're actually trying to be very purposely in your face. Notice the change. Notice, notice me, notice yeah, me. Klingons it's, are so it's, different. It's like attention horror Star Trek. Yeah, we have F-bombs and weird looking Klingons. Look at and me, I'm trying war. to get your attention. Look at me, I'm important. Yeah, and we kill characters off that you don't even realize were on the show for more than one episode. Uh, hashtag <laughs> Landry Lives Matter. Uh, <laughs> let's just totally destroy every serious hashtag on the internet here. Uh, not meaning any disrespect, <laughs> comedy podcast. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I did find it funny that they address that on the internet. There's, there's lots of stories out there about the you know sexual assault against uh, what's his name, the new guy Tyler. Uh, which again, this is an equal opportunity future, I guess. I already forget forgot his name. Yeah, that's it's typical for the show. Um, Saru actually has more involvement this week. I don't really understand his power still. <laughs> I don't get it either, quite honestly. As you tower over the microphone, like, looking through the mail, can you just focus <laughs> on what we're doing? Squirrel. We're 23 Squirrel. minutes in. Squirrel. Yeah. Um, I, I don't was, understand I looking, this whole... I was looking for my nail file, actually. Okay, let's not... If let's anybody record. cares. Um, <laughs> I would encourage everybody out there, if you really want to hear, you know, what Jamie really does during podcasts when I don't have the time to edit her out... Listen to the random episode recap that Rossi and Jamie and I did of Parks and Recreation's Halloween episodes last week. Listen to it even if you've never watched Parks and Recreation. Jamie gets up to wash her face halfway through one episode and then gets up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the other one but tries to whisper it not realizing I have no time to edit her out so you probably hear in the background I gotta go pee really bad. I gotta pee. (laughs) Just listen to the episode. It's good stuff. Anyways. Um... Yeah, I don't understand Saru's power with his, like, threat gills or whatever. It's a little bit too complicated. A lot of things are too complicated. Like, these random things about, you know, why Lorca can't stand bright lights. They kind of explain it, but why do we need to see this on the show? Am I the only person that wonders, like, when he gets, like, really, like, aroused, what other parts stand oh, up Saru? like that? No, but it's threats. <laughs> it's only because of threats. No, 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 I know, but I'm, I'm like, well, that happens when he's, like, threatened. Well, what happens when he's aroused? I kind of want to know. <laughs> Not that I think he's hot or anything, but come <laughs> well, on. Like, you have to phrase that as if people were questioning. It's like, I think Jamie's sexually attracted to that giant to, to, to eight-foot gill man. <laughs> yeah, no, anyways, I, I'm just, sorry, I'm, I'm always have my mind in the gutter, people. Yeah. Um, and Colin's, but, Colin's an innocent one. I've corrupted him a little bit. Saru, <laughs> uh, we do get a little bit more of him this week. And I think that's important because he's been the one consistent character. Yeah, we've been saying too much Burnham, not enough of everybody else. But Saru's good even if they only have one or two scenes. He got a lot this week. And we got to see him make mistakes too. And this is what I thought really fit the show. Something that we, we've never really had the opportunity to explore on Star Trek that much. So he gets to question himself here this week, which we haven't seen before. You know, he makes a decision about the Ripper, which, what is it called? The Tardigrade? We, 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 yeah. They mentioned it about a thousand times. That's Tardigrade, Tardigrade, Tardigrade. What why about, did they call about, it Ripper last the week? the TARDIS? Yeah. But I don't know why they spent so much time last week. It's like the first episode, episode three, it's a Tardigrade, it's a Tardigrade, it's a Tardigrade. Episode four, Tardigrade's too complicated. Let's call it a Ripper this week. Ripper, Ripper, Ripper. And this week, all we hear is Tardigrade like a thousand times in the episode. I, I think they're just, they're backpedaling every week. Hmm... Ripper's a little too childish. Let's call it Tardigrade again. Next week, they're going to be, yeah, you know, we've, we've tried it for three episodes now. People can't catch on this Tardigrade thing. Let's just call it Bill. She's. Um, oh, I don't know. It's just the, the whole idea that um, Saru, you know, says we need to use this thing. He's following his, you know, mission. And he's basically killing it. And, of course, well, we can't kill this thing. That's what leads Stamos... Stamos... John Stamos... (laughs) John Stamos, you mean? Stamets to step in. Um, 
which I think everybody saw that coming as soon as they said, we can take this DNA injected into human. Another complaint I have, and this is funny because I'm the one defending the episode, the advancements in their technology week by week between Stamets, a guy who's probably a genius, um, Burnham, who her, her greatest act was starting a war, and Tilly, who nobody cares about and is only a cadet, the advancements they have in this technology every week that, that basically just come to them. It's extraordinary. Okay, but I have to say that I actually didn't really understand where they were going and that Stamets would be the one to actually go into the chamber because I don't know if you'll remember this because I know sometimes with the stuff <coughs> of the episode, it's a bit forgettable. That it, <laughs> it, it started off somewhere in the beginning of the episode of uh, Burnham basically having a dream that she was actually in the chamber yeah. and she was the one And that would have made sense because so far in the show all we've seen is that Burnham is a god and everybody else well, is an idiot. No, but they, then they also, I felt like almost hinted at it later when they were saying you know, it has to be um, a being with, uh, you know, a higher intellect, higher understanding. I thought, okay well, you know, she is human but she's been trained as Vulcan so she's very uh, trained know, as Vulcan as if you could teach somebody <laughs> well you know what I mean she grew up Vulcan and they're and they grew very, up is better than trained as she, she she's very intelligent and intellectual and so I thought okay well they're leading towards you know she's going to be the one to basically try this and, yeah, because that's what the show's always done and I done. thought well why did it even show her in a dream with it like it didn't really make sense there might why be a deleted scene somewhere where she's ready to do it and Stamets you know, gives Stamo, her the, Stamos? the Stamos gives her the Vulcan nerve pinch, <laughs> and then she passes out, and he walks in the chamber, and he comes back and touches on the head, and goes, "Remember, you know, <laughs> call back to Rathacon there." Anyways, <laughs> Jamie doesn't get that, and, and, al- and also with her, you know, training to be a Vulcan, yeah, thing. <laughs> her Vulcan training, <laughs> trained in Vulcan. How, how much must it suck for her, where like Vulcans mate like every seven years or whatever the heck it is, and like, that's what makes her all the more exciting, and, and like. Okay, let, let's just be real, people. Like, the women's reproductive system, it's like every 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 month you go through a whole cycle or whatever. There is a reason why you get horny, like, every month. And it's like, I feel sorry for this woman when everybody else was yeah. only caring about it every seven years. Um, so let's move on. Let's not talk about <laughs> I, Nobody well, wants to hear about PMS on the Oz Network. Why, why am I the only we one who did an episode on that, though. No, anyways, Listen okay. to the charmed random recap. Okay, this... this this is a, a separate thing that I was actually just thinking about with the show. You know what I'm really missing with this show right now? I'm changing the subject. What I'm really missing with this show Shirtless is... Shirtless men? No. <laughs> actually, funny enough, no. What I'm really missing with this show is I wish that they actually went, like... I know they've been on different ships and stuff like that rather than just the ship. But I wish they would actually, like, go to a planet. Explore a planet, and explore yeah. And, like, get off get off of this ship or whatever other ship and actually just go and freaking yeah. do something. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm totally with you there. And I didn't think about it until you said that there has been something missing. Yeah. Um, it's all on a ship. Tardigrade, 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 tardigrade. <laughs> How many times can I say it? Uh, the very first scene of the very first episode was them on a planet. And that's the last time we really saw it. We saw them hovering above that planet last week when they finally got the spore drive to work and they saved the, uh, you know, dilithium planet or whatever. Yeah, let's explore a planet. And even when she was on that planet and there was like these weird beings or whatever, like they didn't do anything with it. And I understand maybe like it was just the introduction type of episode. So they're not going to. It's your pre-title scene. But I'm just saying like, I want them to get on a planet and actually do something. I want to see these other worlds. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'd love to, you know, see a preview for next week. I don't bother to watch those. I kind of like to be surprised every week. But no, I'm totally with you. I understand where you're coming from with that. Um, but the thing with, you know, Saru doubting himself, I mean, it's something we haven't seen in Star Trek. It very rarely comes up, but it's a lot of moral questions. And this is the one thing I did like about this episode, even though there's nothing original about a captain being kidnapped and a rescue mission, especially when the rescue mission, you know, really is just an excuse to introduce a classic series character in there, is that we had a lot of these moral questions come up. And I'm kind of tired of the whole, you know, this is a sentient life form, but at least they did something. And you know, they, they showed, well, we're killing it. And okay, but if we need to get back to captain, if we need to win this war, can, is it okay to kill this thing? You know, there were some moral questions there and that's what Star Trek's always about. Some people have complained about this episode being it went too dark. I think this is exactly what the show is. And, you know, the idea that a lot of people have right now, and I, I haven't really been saying this, but, you know, part of my opinion has been the show's just not light enough. But 
it's a war setting. Deep Space Nine. I don't did it. mind that. I just want them to well, do something. Here, yeah, but this is a completely separate point. The problem that a lot of people are having right now is that the show has no hope in it. It's just, you know, all dreary. It's all war. It's all death. And there was part of that this week when you know uh, Lorca and Mister New Guy Tyler were escaping the Klingon ship, and they were just shooting people, and they're just and why? Why did exploding. he? Why did he leave the captain alive? Well, they were trying to escape. Who knows? That wasn't the complaint I had. But, of course, you do but, see the captain I'm wondering why. with the burned face. You know that's going to come back. Oh, yeah. But I actually would have rather left them alive because you can shoot these people. But, first of all, why are every weapon in this episode, why does every weapon vaporize a person on the spot? Like, I think, it I think just that's felt a, like I think mass that's a Klingon, murder. Klingon weapon. That's what yeah, it does. But, no, but still. But the thing is, it's, is, it's, it was just, there was too much killing in this and killing without blinking, you know? But like, the thing is, is, I mean, they understand the way, way that Klingons are, I believe. And it, with Klingons, like in, in the first episode, they kind of, uh, uh, or whatever episode, they kind of established, like, it's really shameful to basically have a battle with a Klingon and leave them alive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there, there, maybe there's a point to it. But that's beside the point. My, my point is, a lot of people are very much complaining right now that the show has no hope. There's no optimism. I get that that's what Gene Roddenberry created. It was kind of this, you know, not a perfect vision of the future because they went that direction in season one of Next Generation and everybody agrees it was a mistake. It was too optimistic. But even though, you know, this whole Federation, it, it's all about preserving life and all that, you have to understand that when a war happens, you do have to make some decisions that nobody's going to like and that do betray your values and objectives. And every society has faced that. Look at Japan. I mean, Japan, you know, this incredible history, you know, coming up through the centuries. I doubt they're too proud of what happened during World War II, but how did they come out of it? They came out of it better. And they didn't enter into it always evil either. It's like you go through phases and sometimes make decisions no matter what the war is. I mean, there are things that you know, the allies, that Americans and the Brits and the Canadians did during World War II that would betray values they had prior to that. So I'm not going to complain about that aspect of it. I actually like that they're going a little bit darker with this war. And they're, they're, they're making a point to mention to the audience, these are questions and do these things, uh, do different rules apply in a non-war time than they apply during wartime. Well, and you see, there's things that they could do too. Like, obviously, you know, everything here is, you know, me just kind of imagining, but even when they had the whole thing where they had, um, that, what, what was it called? That, that, Tardigrade, tardigrade, tardigrade. No, no, that whole like camp or whatever that they saved from the Klingons. It was like some yeah. mining place or well, something. Well, the di- yeah, the dilithium mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the thing is, is again, it's like okay, they save them or whatever that type of thing. It's like I want to see an episode where they're going on a planet and and they're mm-hmm. they're basically like let's say they're where the dilithium mines are, yeah. or let's say they go <laughs> and they're on another planet and they're actually trying to like. Um, talk to this new species and and try to actually gain them as an ally in this war like well, I, I just want something i don't yeah. even care if it's to do with the war i just want them to do but, something okay here's the thing and this is one of the few times you're going to hear me giving credit to voyager but one thing voyager did well show. it has some fun moments it's not a great show but th- i have a point with this voyager was basically star trek's version of lost in space in episode one you have this great you know uh, uh new a launch of a starship and there's an attack and whatever and they get lost in space and you have two crews from opposing sides of a conflict who have to join together and serve together it was a great concept for voyager but it didn't go anywhere after a while voyager found a way at least in the early seasons to have these off missions that still tied into we're lost in space you know not every episode had to be oh we're lost how do we get home sometimes it's gonna be Oh, you know, we uh, you know have a couple of hours to kill, and you know some of the crews just getting a little bit like stir crazy here on the ship. Let's let them stretch their legs on this planet down there, or you know a little thing like uh, oh we ran out of power, and you know we need to recharge the ship, uh, but we have to go down to this planet for something. There are tons of opportunities, even in a war story, even a serialized show, to do it. I'm hoping they go there. This episode gave me hope because it was also a one-off it was a standalone episode and yes there are things that we know are going to be uh, brought up in the future like Stamets mirror image somehow moving which was the dumbest ending ever to an episode that I wasn't minding because it just makes no sense or Lorca's backstory or you know uh, Saru doubting himself all this stuff you know it's going somewhere but this episode just existed on its own and that's kind of what I want on Star Trek there are some shows I wish would serialize more 
a perfect example. J.J. Abrams made a show years ago called Alcatraz, and everybody expected it would have been very serialized, like Alias or Lost, mm-hmm. and it ended up just as all these standalone episodes. Star Trek needs to have that those standalone episodes because that's what people are used to, and that's also the fun of exploring anywhere. If you can explore anywhere, Doctor Who's the perfect example. If you can go anywhere in the galaxy, you're going to give the audience as many things as possible, not the same war story every single week. I thought this episode was a step in the right direction. I think so too. And again, like I still have hope for the show. I don't think it's completely, you know, bleak in the dark. I uh, I think that um, going forward, they've kind of wrapped up this whole tardigrade, you know, type of yeah, story. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second, yeah. No, I'm just saying, I, I think that they've wrapped up this, this whatever story arc that they're trying to do for this portion, and now, now I have hopes that they're moving on to something more interesting. Yeah. Uh, letting the tardigrade go in the end, ugh. It's not even a complaint of this This creature needs to be free. There is no... Lo- for, for Burnham to be the logical character, there is no logic behind this. That the thing was dying because of the spore drive thing. They said, we haven't done enough studies. Maybe we can bring it back to life. Maybe we can't. They don't know. They figured out a way that they can make it work with a human. It almost killed Stamets. We don't know what it actually did to him. Saru comes in the end and says, I know you disobeyed my command, but I want you to do what you can to save this thing's life. And she goes, thank you. She's barely been given an inch right now. She's still a prisoner on this ship, serving as a prisoner. And there have been issues with trust in her and Saru. And what does she do? She goes, I know how to save it. Let me let it go free. There's going to be no repercussions for this? Like, she just let it go without asking permission or anything. She didn't even try to save it or anything. Oh, it's just, it's stupid because like they're going to accept, especially in this time of war, let's give away this thing that has allowed us to use this incredible technology. And maybe this is why we never see Spore Drive in the future because there was only one tardigrade, well, Ripper, that they just let float off into space. Don't, don't. And, and the, the final shot as, oh, it finally goes out of space and then it blooms back to life and it's almost waving and smiling at Burnham from the window. Thank you, Burnham. And then she gives it a salute and a wink and a nod to the camera freeze frame and discovery you know, episode five you know what it reminded me of uh i can't remember if it was ants or if it was bugs life i mean maybe somebody can tell me but there's that fat caterpillar in it and this thing kind of looks like a fat caterpillar and remember he's got the accent he's like i'm a beautiful butterfly <laughs> i don't think i've ever anyways, i've seen them but you're decades I'm ago a beautiful butterfly this thing reminded me of that but anyways um yeah like i don't really understand like i, I that know, and the stamina scene I just know. what i know what the on? show was going for with her like oh you know we this thing has feelings and we have to let it go and stuff like that but like the thing that i was thinking about and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i thought they didn't even really know much about this creature or even where it came from mm-hmm. so like this creature was basically uh, now they have maybe other ways to make this whole, you know, spore drive work, but it was the core way of making it work. And I, if I'm wrong, let me know, but they didn't even really understand where this thing came from. It apparently just appeared on a ship. Yeah. Like, and in, in like the lower kind of like, kind of like evil Stamets when Stamets walks away, his mirror image stays there grinning evilly and then walks away a few seconds later Oh, is this where the tardigrades came from? They all evolve out of mirror images of people. Hey, hey. No logic hey, to it. you don't know this guy. Maybe he has multiple personality disorder. Multiple person... If I had multiple personalities, does that mean that my mirror reflection stays behind for everybody else to see? Maybe in a sci-fi show it does. Oh, no. Um, Anyways, anyway, so, we'll so have to see what happens. That's basically all we can really talk about in this episode. Uh, let's give this one a review before we move on to our ranking rankings of the week. Rankings. So, Jamie, buy it, bin it, rent it. I would continue to say rent it just because I want to see what they do with it. You know, I was thinking buy it uh, when I watched this episode, believe it or not. When I started talking about it on this episode, the first thing that came to my mind was there what, what I've been saying. There was nothing original in this episode. And if this was... An episode of Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or the original series or Enterprise or even Voyager, I'd probably say it's a rent it. For this series so far, out of the first five episodes, it was by far the strongest. Uh, last week, I gave a rent it to uh, the 
episode ripper episode i would have given that a very mild rent it last week like my rent it recommendation last week was not a strong one my rent it this week is a strong one it's it's not buy it but i would highly recommend this one as a rent it and when this eventually goes on a uh marathon on new year's eve on space here in canada which i quickly want to talk about the whole format here space mess yeah, Space Miss, which if you're in Canada, one of the best times of year, basically for two weeks, Space, our you know, sci-fi channel, which this is airing on you know, uh, every single Sunday night, they have marathons, like daily marathons. You know they're going to have a Star Trek Discovery one. This will be an episode I'll rewatch. I'll probably skip the first four, but bother to record this one again just to see it again. So that's my rented. Uh, quickly, just another note on the format. Five episodes in, this is a third of the way through this series. The idea of this being on a streaming platform, I mean, I get they wanted to drive uh, prescriptions, subscriptions (laughs) up. I get that this is a foolproof strategy because you know Star Trek fans will pay for it. They're loyal fans. You may not get the highest ratings if you put it on network television, but the people who would watch it on network television will pay for it. And that's why you do this. But having it so serialized where you're waiting week after week for episodes, I don't think it works. I feel like this is the type of show that if we had sat down and spent a weekend watching Star Trek Discovery, you know, six months from now when it was all over, we'd probably be enjoying this more. And just watching it week by week is just feeling like it's dragging too much more. I think this show was meant to be binge-watched. And that's why I don't think it will work right now. I mean, it might be working to get subscriptions up, but are people going to keep these subscriptions come November or December when this thing goes for a two-month layoff before it comes back for the second half of the season? I don't know. But you know what it's time for? And we didn't think about it until just now. And I have rankings. No, or is it is it rankings? Is that where we pick our three favorite things or something? We we have never done that where we pick our three favorite things. (laughs) This I thought we did. This has never happened. Favorite doctors? You asked me last. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Okay. 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 Hold on. You have a a suggestion? Okay. But I have a better one. But (laughs) okay, just go. Okay. And I hope it doesn't make me like Star Trek racist, but. I want you to name your three favorite races. Okay, I want to save that for a future episode because I'm going to give more than three. I'm going to try to pick one at least from every series. Okay, but like, can we? It's not. Can we agree that we probably have to leave human out? Of course, it's it's about yeah the other species exactly. But they're not races; they're species. But anyways, whatever. This similar this week. So uh, so so what what am what is that called then if. It, it's it, called a species. No, if, if, it, if it's species, so you're not racist, is it specious? <laughs> it's, it's sentient. That's what it is. No, no, no. If, 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 you're, if you're against one species, are, it, like, are you, are you specious? You and your prejudicial sentient views. <laughs> sentient is the Star stop, Trek... Stop being so bloody specious. Sentient is the Klingon word for racism. That's what we learned today. Okay. Um... No, similar to that, I, along the lines of Saru, because I think this was a strong episode for him, I want to go with not really second in command, but the, I don't even think you could call them alien, but let's let's consider them the non-human other voice of reason, the, the, counter, uh, the counter argument to the captains. There's always that main character that brings a different culture, a different perspective. Spock was the original. Mm-hmm. Next Generation had Data. Deep Space Nine had Odo. Which, by the way, I'm just going to say, if Jamie's ranking Deep Space Nine last every week, is because every week I'm asking her, do you know who these people are before I even give her the poll? And I'm showing her Bashir last week. Oh. I'm showing her Odo. She's like, yeah, I recognize him, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. We're going to watch Deep Space Nine tonight. That's, that's what I told you. I said, if you ever ask me, like, do you want to watch this? I'd always say yes, and I'm a, I'm a fan. Then we're going to get on Deep Space remember. Nine. But you have Spock. You have Data. You have Odo from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. You have Voyager 7 of 9. That's the Borg woman. The half Borg woman or whatever. I remember the Borg her. save woman. I remember her. Which, I strange her. enough, it took them like four seasons to bring her to the show. So they never really had a Spock or a Data or an Odo. Wasn't uh, she in the movie? There was never a Voyager movie. No. There was no, no you're thinking about the, the, Borg. the Borg queen oh. in First Contact. Yeah. Different. Um, okay. Then Stop you have... Stop being so specious. Okay. Then you have Enterprise with T'Pol. This one, Saru, he's not included in the poll because we can't include Saru. Yeah. So, rank them. You got five. Oh my gosh. Backwards I, to forward. Backwards re- last I to first. I already forgot what... Spock, Data, Odo, 709, and 
to Paul. Who's seven to nine? <laughs> seven of nine. The the Borg woman from I'm gonna have to show you a picture. Her, wait, her name is seven to nine. Or seven two nine. We have lost all credibility among Trek fans right now. That Jamie didn't know who Bashir was. She doesn't know who Odo is. And okay, she doesn't but know if you show me the picture, then it jogs my memory. Okay, I have a. You guys, his sister calls me Dory for a reason because yeah. I have a really bad memory. Yeah, we, we just explained this to you a second ago. Anyway. Okay, Voyager brought in a Borg character who became a member of the okay, crew. Okay, but is her actual name Seven of Nine? That's her Borg name. Oh, okay. Borgs, they're just numbers. I, I always thought that lady was really hot. Well, that was the point of her bringing on the show, but she was a character. She served the same purpose, to be that different culture, that different type of voice of reason. Okay, so... Last to first. You said... Can you name... Okay, go through one more time for our, for our listeners' Fuck. Yeah, for the listeners, because none of them listening to Star Trek Discovery, who have probably hey, you, paid... you better stop it, otherwise I'm going to get you and your little tardigrade, too. <laughs> um, the, all these people who are paying for a subscription, if they're in America... Or watching it for free on Space in Canada are so upset that we need to spell this out for them. Spock, Data, Odo, Seven of Nine, T'Pol. Okay, I can remember all those. Probably, probably T'Pol is going to be number one. She's pretty awesome. And then uh, Data. <sighs> okay. And then Spock. Uh huh. And then Seven of Nine, and then Otto. Uh, Otto, <laughs> the bus driver from The Simpsons. That's what I said. Odo. Odo, not Otto. You guys, please still listen and believe in me. Believe in me. Don't give up on me, okay? It's not my fault I has the dumb. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, you're wrong. Uh, uh, look, last place is seven of nine. That's an easy one. She was brought in halfway through the show. Yeah, but she's good eye candy. So is T'Pol, but... Yeah, but T'Pol has, like, awesome personality. Okay, but here you're trying to argue Seven of Nine's merits, and then you, you argue T'Pol's better. Anyway. Seven of Nine was brought in. It introduced something fresh to the show, but they never quite, quite went as far with the idea of the character they should have. She just became another member of the crew. They didn't play up on the concept enough and she dominated the show too much but that's all it became about and every other character got pushed aside because of her i'm not a fan of hers um fourth place it, it, this is gonna sound crazy for me because i've always said to paul was my favorite character on enterprise and i love enterprise to paul would be fourth what yeah and to paul's amazing uh to paul was the smartest character they wrote on that show uh the dynamic that she had the, the the chemistry she had with scott bakula and with the archer character is incredible and how cool is it this week that they had that thing with saru saying the most accomplished captains in starfleet history and, and you have like Giorgio on there but you see christopher pike which doesn't really make sense because this is 10 years before he captains the enterprise that he fails at and archer's on there it's, so I love so, that. so what number is Otto? odo odo first of all to paul is fourth because to paul amazing character helped carry the I almost say a tie for third, but this is what separates it. Odo was a completely unique character. To Paul, you had something established with with Vulcans. She was different from Spock. She was antisocial. She was this is what Vulcans would be like at the dawn of their relationships with humans. She hated the smell of humans. She hated being there, but she developed this loyalty. Great story arc, but because we'd seen Vulcans before, not the same effect as Odo, who's a shapeshifter totally different and also no character in star trek history as far as the tv shows goes gets the send-off that odo had in the deep space nine finale and i've always said deep space nine maybe not my favorite star trek show but the best finale the show ever had odo's ending on that show amazing <laughs> so i'd put odo slightly higher but let's consider it a tie for third we all know the top two is data and spock and as much as i love next generation as much as i love data you can't beat spock if I were going just based on the TV shows, Data would be higher. Based on the movies, Spock in the movies was like amazing. Like you, you can't beat it. And I my would, name is Leonard Nimoy. That's a dead-on impression, ladies and gentlemen. Leonard Nimoy did not come back from the dead. That was Jamie Hilding. <laughs> I'm important. <laughs> He's also dead. Let's not mock the dead here. What? 
Yeah, he died. I know he died in the movie. No, he died in real life. Oh, really? Now Jamie's feeling terrible for mocking him. I'm a dead man. No, I'm just remembering that that Simpsons episode, wasn't it? What he said, he's like, I'm Leonard Nimoy. No, he never <laughs> said that in the Simpsons episode. Yeah. No, you're thinking of the 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 one where the, the monorail episode, which is the best episode of the Simpsons, by the way. Where uh, the 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 mayor says, uh, "May I say, may the force be with you?" And Leonard Nimoy just goes, "Do you even know who oh, I yes. am?" I think I do. Weren't you one of the little rascals? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah great one. But you can't beat Spock. Spock is the original. Yeah, he that's was, the right answer. He was really good in that. Uh, well, you remember which one it is? Because again, you see, I could tell you memories, but if you ask me, what's that TV show from? What's that movie? What series is that from? Whatever, I'm gonna be like, I have no idea. I like Spock in, uh, I really liked him where there is like the old Spock with the young Spock. Yeah, that was the new movie with Chris Pine. Yeah, he was good in it. Star Trek, yeah. 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 <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the guy that's from Heroes that was in that one? Yeah, Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Yeah, he was good as Spock, but he's no Leonard Nimoy, let's be honest. He was good though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Star Trek Discovery, five episodes in. We have a little bit of hope for the show. <laughs> We're really, here's the other thing to mention. We're now, what is it, three or four episodes away? I think they originally had like eight episodes which they wanted before the layoff at the end of the year. They're going to take like, you know, a month and a half off like most shows do and then come back. Um, We're basically halfway through the first half of the season. So let's hope it does go somewhere and we get to see a planet at least. Um, That's it. Are you excited for next week? Um, I I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. There is other, you know shows and movies and stuff that i'm excited for more but i want to also see how this unfolds yeah and we want to see a real planet right i'm still i'm still more excited to watch this in that orville show yeah and we do have an episode of orville on there orville if you want classic star trek watch the orville it's not quite as funny as it probably should be i thought it was gonna be funny it, it is basically a direct remake of next generation it's 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 an interesting show um anyways yeah so that's it for this week we will be back for more star trek discovery uh thank you for joining us as always jamie um well i'm sure that you love recording with me because i of course give you lots of edit points and yeah trail off on random things but you know we just have to see what happens i you know what i know that you love recording with me because i always just think and say random things like verbal vomit I think you may be sentient, Jamie. Sentient? <laughs> you may be sentient. Uh, that's it for this week. My name is Colin and Tardigrade, Tardigrade, Tardigrade. Watch out, I'm going to get you on your little Tardigrade tour. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.